This is the Motherlands Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to provide evidence-based information related to fertility, pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum, as well as share positive birth stories. I am your host, Keely Semler. Before we get into this incredible episode, I wanted to let you know that I decided to create a Substack channel that allows people more access in learning about women's reproductive health. In addition to providing interview summaries on each Motherlands guest, I also write about important topics like informed consent. The link to my Substack is in the show notes of this episode, and if you subscribe, then you will get everything straight to your inbox. This also makes it easy to share with anyone you feel would enjoy. Okay, so this episode, I had the privilege of sitting down with Jules Blaine Davis. It was a rainy morning and we sat on the floor sipping love tea in her living room. My partner Matt came with me to take a photo of Jules in her kitchen. After all, her beautiful book is called The Kitchen Healer. We go deep in our conversation where we discuss giving ourselves permission to listen to the body, how we often say no to ourselves, and what happens when we say yes to living instead of surviving. We also talk about how every person is a mother, including men, and that we are constantly birthing new mothers inside of us. In addition to being a writer, Jules is a mother, an artist, and a way shower. She has been called the midwife to life, encouraging women to live the life that is right here, right now. I'm here today joined with Jules Blaine Davis in her home in Pasadena, California. We are sitting in her beautiful living room. It's raining outside. It's a really sweet day and environment. So thank you for hosting and for the beautiful love tea. I know. I love it. We're on the floor and this rug is like a lot of vaginas. I feel like we're right on time. (laughs) And vaginas, you mean like, because it's like the pattern of like, yeah, I love that. Maybe you can just explain to listeners where you are in process of your offerings and maybe a little bit about what your work here on earth is. We'll start there. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, which is always the thing I trust, not necessarily when I wake up in the morning, let's just really clarify that by myself. But when I'm with somebody else, I trust the first thing, like the top of mind, the thing that just comes in as your words come out of you. And what came was tikkun olam, which in Hebrew is the mending of the world. And so when you ask, you know, what am I doing here on earth? I think tikkun olam. Mm. What is my offering? What is my mending of the world? And it's in every moment, this question, right? It's like, do I want to stress about this thing or do I not? If something comes in, sometimes I'm already stressed when I'm even asking the question. (laughs) I can't Mm -hmm. get back to not stressing. I'm just thinking about that. Like, I think it's in every moment that it's like, oh, what is, is, I don't think there's one thing, you know, that is my offering. I think my offering is... I'm I'm invited, and I think it's a we, I'll speak from the I, I'm invited to offer all day long. How do I want to let this person get into my lane, <laughs> both emotionally or while I'm driving? How do I want to, oh my God, I didn't eat and it's noon. I know I'm the kitchen healer, but there are moments where food, mm-hmm. food didn't enter, but a lot of tea did. And 
okay, oh, I got to get that going. Oh my, and then I have this call in 20 minutes and oh, okay. And so these are the mundane moments, right? Of the day that I don't think we're ever talking about because they're quiet mm-hmm. by myself or, okay, got to pick up kids. Da, da, da. And so I would say my offering lives inside those moments. And so I find my feet, not all the time, <laughs> but a lot of the time. So, okay. Is it, does it need to be hysterical? (laughs) How important is it? You know, I have these questions I ask myself, and it really is a part of how I serve myself and the world because it's in those mundane moments that I'm either filling the well or it's being taken, depleted, drained, exhausted. And it's such a particular conversation, right? Because we don't talk about it. We just keep moving through it and making ourselves go. Or now we might be invited in like, oh, well, self-care or whatever the terminology is. And I don't know. We, I think weaving that is still incredibly new for many of us. My tikkun olam my offering, what I'm doing on the earth is being present in this very moment with you. I wrote you a little earlier and said, hey, I'm going slower. (laughs) I'm going slower this morning. I just needed to let you know. I didn't need you to do anything about it. I needed to just state it. I'm going slower. Maybe a 10 minute past the time we said is better for me, just for my nervous system. I feel that a big part of my offering is listening and really learning how to listen to myself. And I mean my internal terrain that is really loud, or even if it's quiet, like I didn't feel great last night, so I was up. And then, okay, how am I doing this morning? And, you know, my first thought waking up might be, I'm canceling the whole day, and I'm just gonna, whatever, the next thing. And then I'm like, okay, let's take it a minute at a time. Mm-hmm. You have that option and breathing, and brushing teeth. And so my offering lives inside the super mundane, completely not postable, so uninteresting moments that create this moment, that create my ability to teach from this place, to walk beside you in this place, to really understand, to stand under, to get behind myself as a full advocate for my life and for living my life. And that wasn't modeled. So- yeah, I think that a lot of people can relate to that. And I think just talking from the perspective of motherhood, yeah. talk about the moments of mundane. I mean, it's really mundane. It's really it, but it's not boring no it's, it's not an boring. active practice it is and i also think what you were saying is you know we don't talk about it because i think mothers are not if you talk about the mundane there's this fine line of like feeling like you're just bitching you know what i mean or like you don't want to come across as like in a bad mood for just speaking to the mundane and i think that mm-hmm. there could be this place of just honoring just the present moment, even though it's not like sexy or like you said, postable, but it's still valid. There's still energy behind it. There's still importance in that. I think it's everything. It's who am I in this moment? Who am I? Oh, I'm someone that wasn't feeling great. Oh, I wonder, do I have access to that 
Leo Aries Scorpio energy that is totally who I am right now because <laughs> I'm feeling like slippers and a warm tea, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, well, hearing you, meaning me, I'll say to myself, totally hear you. And you could totally cancel the day. We could reschedule. It's no big deal. And that was hard earned, that sentence. It's no big deal because it really isn't. And my value. What is my value in the conversation with myself is my wellness, because my wellness is our wellness, and is everyone listening's wellness. Tell me more about that. My wellness, like if I'm full, I can give to you, and then we can give like this, like when I offered you and Matt the love tea and me. It's like the most beautiful offering. And it wasn't like, oh my God, I got to get them a love tea. Okay, let me get the thing. It was like literally from my cup that I hadn't touched yet. I'm like, oh, I'll warm that. Oh, I'll put a little milk in it. Okay, put it in the frother, my best friend. (laughs) And then offer it. And then as I offer it, I'm so me. Because not only am I like loving giving you this love tea, I never asked you if you wanted a love tea. Are you drinking caffeine? Do you guys, are you allergic to almonds? I didn't ask anything. (laughs) I just gave you my heart. I gave you this love tea. And in that offering, I mean, if we really break this down, it is super intimate. In the offering of the love tea, then what proceeds is we're serving. Like, look at us coming together. My body is showing up. I can do this with you guys. You're in my home. I love this. I love that we have a microphone. I love that we have a camera. We can share with the world our passions. We are so lucky and blessed. Yeah, and there's definitely an energy behind that that is unique to this moment. Yeah, And it's not anything topical. Like I am in every moment I'm offering you. And it's like authentic and that is so easeful. So that is my tikkun olam because I'm not just like offering you a drink. I'm not like, hey, are you thirsty? Do you want a drink? Like I'm offering you my my heart and in that I'm so full, but I'm offering you my pretty full heart. So it's like this symbiotic, gorgeous reciprocation in just a moment that is going to then ripple out into this microphone into all of you who are listening, who we love. And then it just ripples out. And there are days that that can't happen, but something else could happen because, oh, I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then you and Matt would have done something or something else miraculous would happen. So it has like such a dance. It's like dancing with trust and learning how to listen, which is a very, I would say, active practice in my life, because I didn't see listening. I saw angst win every single day. So I still have it in my body, and then I feel my feet, or I warm the tea, and I check in again. Does it feel good today? Yeah. I was with my love And I shared with him, I'm feeling, I don't really know. Okay, we'll just take it a step at a time. And then after five minutes of permission, I was like, this is going to be a great day. I think I can do everything on my schedule. You know, I don't let anything else win other Mm. than what like needs to be heard. And that has been a many year practice, you know, because that's how I'm going to serve you. 
was there a particular experience or moment where you knew you had to prioritize the listening of your body? <laughs> I mean, every experience, right? That I'm on the ground, right? That I've been taken to my knees. There's no doubt every single one. I mean, it's like it really brings up emotion. Such mm. a great question. Mm. It's an epidemic, you know, that we just keep going and barreling through. And we say no so much to ourselves. Mm. And I am a full yes for myself, like a full yes for my life. And so much of that is I'm scared. Mm. I'm so scared so much of the time. And I'm a yes mm -hmm. for myself. And it's like those two things have tea pretty much most days. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I make it through with so much love and abundance and gratitude and support and a team of healers. And, but I would say like the pinnacle moments, I'm a yes for living and learning how to live, mm -hmm. not surviving. I came in surviving and you see that you see that all the time right with babies well i fall are, into that are, category too like sometimes there are days where i feel like i'm just surviving surviving but i do think just for me when i look at how i listen to my body it's really been a trial of error it's really been how can i expect my body to feel better if I keep making the same choices that are putting my body in some sort of detriment. Exactly. So it is, it is trial and error. And what wins out with trial and error is keep showing up to the inquiry, right? What is the scientist doing? Keeps going to the lab to look at what else is going to work. Is it a proton? Is it a da-da-da? And I feel like our life is such a creative endeavor. Like we are creating our lives. We're all artists learning mm. how to live as life is lifey, as the world is completely fucking falling apart around us, as, you know, it's like we are invited to the yes and. But also like what a profound piece of art, like when the world is crumbling, I couldn't think of a more appropriate time to make art. Exactly. And make our lives. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that take, my wording is the microphone, you know, that take the microphone, like fear is number one, right? It's just like, okay, can I pay the bills? Can I, you know, and I can't tell you how many times it's been like, you know, sharing something and then hearing the voice. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's great. Let's do that as a side salad, but we got to get to this, you know, and it's like no more. And so in the realms of your question, which I feel like is probably a question inside every question this idea of like, when did that happen? When did you start listening? When was listening more important than anything else? When did listening take the That's mic? Right. And I would say mortality. Hmm. And I would love to say, I'd love for us not to wait till something comes that is so great and grand and loud in the realms of not knowing whether I was going to be here or not. And still don't know, because that's forever now, that invitation is an open door. Mm -hmm. And we're in the unknown, and we are in mortality every freaking day. Yeah. And the journey that came for me invited me into this, yes, like, I want to be here. I want to be here with all of life stuff. I want to be here inside all the struggle and the living and the joy and the grief. Like I'm a yes for this life. I'm a yes for this body. 
even if this body changes, I'm a fucking yes. Mm. I would say that changed the trajectory of many things. I would say I was already working on the victim idea. I was already working on grief. I was moving the furniture around both emotionally, spiritually, and all the other ways. <laughs> I was already doing the work. I've been a healer since I was probably born. I mean, like all about it. What I mean by a healer is like, this can't be right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's look at some other things. You know, are there other ways to live? When you do that, as I've done that, it's like, it's family constellation work. It's looking at legacy. It's looking at lineage. I can have all the intention in the world to live a joyous life. But if my lineage hasn't done that in generations, I mean, my body's going to do all sorts of things. That That's where I'm at right now. When you say, what's your offering? I'm inside the very deep grief and this joy that is starting to show up in my life. And there's been joy in my life forever and me seeing it and all the things around joy without it being shackled to something else, work hard, you know, whatever stories want to be there. And what is happening with joy? It's an active practice. My body wants to break down. My bladder is having a conversation with me on a constant basis. Who knew? Oh, hi, bladder. <laughs> Who are you and where do you live again? Um, <laughs> you know, all these things where I'm literally having to go back to like my great or great, great grandpa who's probably on a boat, you know. I mean, apples and honey, we dip for the sweet of the new year. That's one day a year we dip for the sweet of the, I want to dip for the sweet of the new year every day. Mm. And how do we do it? Oh, it's not high highs and low lows. It's back to the, the mundane, mundane, mm. the morning, this morning, right? Like, okay, how do I feel? Do I feel good? I don't know. Let me get up, get a tea going and I feel good. I'm excited for Keely to come over. Okay. Am I going to get my teeth done? Yeah. I'm going to go to the dentist, you know, oh, and so all gosh. the things that are in this day and the vet, there's a few things happening, mm. lifey, regular things. Mm -hmm. And like, how do I want to be in them? And I don't mean like, again, in this like guru up top of the mountain. I mean, I don't even know what that is. It's like, what is it to be here? Okay, it's to put the stuff in the frother and warm it. And here you guys come in and, and just find my breath find my feet, even if there's angst. Oh, there's angst. Or I name it. I would have named it. If you guys got, I'm feeling angst in my body. Okay, great. And then it goes away. I just, mm. there's no more me doing this by myself. Mm. I, I don't want to be inside this body and this lineage by myself. I have to name it out. And then I name it, you name it, Matt will name it. And it's a ripple effect. There's something really beautiful about how you speak. You're, you're able to really call it out. And I think in doing so, you know, like you said, when you name it, there's some sense of relief. And I think that also makes other people feel safe to call it too. And right. I'm curious, you know, this podcast is called Motherlands. And so I, I do want to ask you, you know, what comes to mind right here in this moment when I say the word mother, motherhood for you? Yeah, I love I love the word motherland mm -hmm. and motherhood. It is a it's a neighborhood for sure, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a landscape. Mm -hmm. Love was the first word that comes to mind and heart. You know, it's a loving mother. It's a deep, deep loving for who we become. If you can go back and think of 
what life was like, Jules, pre-kids and that transition for you. Yeah. What was that like? 17 years ago. 17 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I want to say, oh, it was lighter, but it might have not been. I think it might have been heavier. Mm. Probably a little bit of both. It's such a deep threshold and it's forever. Mm -hmm. You know, the threshold is forever. Um, And you have two kids, right? I have two kids, yeah. Son, 17, and driving (laughs) with me. (laughs) I'm not ready for anything else. And I'm powerless in the same question, in the same (laughs) statement. And then almost 13, daughter. I mean, we do mother so many things, you know, even if we're not mothers, we mother. Thank you for saying that because that was also my intention is motherlands is an open invitation yeah for anyone we really need everyone to be a mother actually it's imperative it's a vital piece to i would say the disease of mothering in this culture is that there aren't enough mothers and i don't mean women who have had children i mean women and men and all bodies who can help mother and be mother and mother themselves. And look out for each other. Because that's really what I'm doing in the morning. I'm mothering myself. Mm. How do I feel today? Right. Right. Because how can you mother anything else? Right. Well, Mm -hmm. we do somehow. Uh-huh. You know, somehow we, I don't know, we drive the car and there's no fuel. Yeah, I don't but know how the we center do of gravity, you <laughs> exactly. know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we do it because there's fumes and then it's killing the earth. But anyway, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I feel that we, we need to call on everyone's mother inside themselves, the men who mother. Yeah. You know? Say more about that because I think mother, we automatically think like woman with children, but I do think that men are mothers too. Yeah. In their own right. They are. And I think that we're probably fathers. You know, I think again, it's like opening up the aperture, like widening the lens Mm -hmm. around wording, Mm -hmm. which carries so much story and how we're shaped, you know, the words. And like you said, mother, two kids, a woman, you know, one kid, or when you initially said, when I think about mother, love and loving And I feel that that is also an active practice, learning how to love. It's so layered. Mm -hmm. It has so much failure in it. Tell me about that. (laughs) And so much important failure. You know, it's like we have to fail over and over and over again to tenderize. You know, we're we're tenderizing our lives. We're, We're becoming tender. And so, yeah, I mean... I love that llama. Are you my mama llama? And I feel, you know, I've always joked, like I'm always looking for the mama llama in the room because I always want to be cared for. And it's so interesting. I love caring for others. It's such a joy. It fills me up. And I have no intention of doing it from an empty place because that would be violent for all. It's essential that I'm a yes for my my life and for my own mothering. Mm-hmm. So essentially filling your cup 
filling your cup so that you can help fill other people's and cups. And some days the cup is or like Or share a, your cup exactly. like you did this morning. Exactly, exactly. I shared my tea. <laughs> here they come. Oh, okay. I didn't steep another tea. Oh, everyone's getting my tea. Okay. Thank God my cup is huge. Um, <laughs> I have a huge vessel. But some days that cup is a tablespoon mm. and some days that cup is a bowl. And so I think what I'm really shining a light on or at least lighting the candle near is permission, permission, permission. I start the book with permission. Everything is permission. Like, oh, you could cancel or not. Let's see how you are. Oh, da, da, da. Like changing the voice of whatever voice runs you, mm. changing the font of mm. that voice, changing the cadence of that tone, deep inner work. Not, oh, well, what happened was, that's all important. I love therapy. I've been in it forever. And yet a lot of us will just go, yeah, that's what happened. And then we don't embody a new story because that's not trending. Right. Yeah. Embodying a new story, again, is so quiet and mundane. That's so true. For listeners, can you share what your book is about? Yeah. I mean, my book, I think you're going to find out what my book is about. <laughs> Everyone that's listening when you get my book, because I don't know, everyone's going to have a different idea of what my book is about. Well, um, it's called Kitchen Healer. Yeah, The Kitchen Healer, The Journey to Becoming You. Yes. And it's this conversation. It's all the conversations you're having with women, with motherlands, with the work you're doing, the work I'm being and doing, all of us having this conversation around our lives. You know, what does it mean to become? Be Come, come to be, not come to do, mm-hmm. not do come, <laughs> but become. And so the book is many things. It's multifaceted. It's a lot of intentional visuals and recipes and a lot of content around grief and what we're talking about and permission, the stories we carry and what was modeled and also how we woke up in the mornings as littles, you know, what was the shape? What was the rhythm? What was the aroma? All the things. And I found in my forever research of being in this body and having the conversations I was having with women as a new mom, and then all throughout until this very moment, that that morning time, and this is a little bit about what the book is about, and my work began, like essentially the thesis of my work, is that that morning time shapes our whole lives. How we woke up in the morning literally shapes what we do. I don't know if literally is the right word. I'm around my daughter and she says literally in every sentence. So (laughs) for all of you incredibly intelligent human beings, we can edit that out. And so it is in what we do for a living how we nourish our homes, how we nourish ourselves, who we marry, what we say yes and no to, what our schedules look like, which are almost harder to look at than going to a pap smear. Same with the kitchen. People say, oh my God, come in. Can't wait to have you come in here when I used to go. And I'll do that now every now and then go into people's kitchens and do the whole kitchen healing thing. And oh my God, yeah, no, look everywhere. And then the first thing I go to, oh, don't don't, don't look in there. (laughs) You know, the one drawer. Like, I'd rather go get a pap smear. And I'm like, it's so fascinating to me. Like, what's in that drawer? (laughs) Mm. And what's in that story? 
And so, yeah, that morning time and then how we wake up now in our lives, like, do you wake up already late? Do you wake up no matter what today? I know I had a sore throat last night. I'm pushing through. I got to get through. And you'll hear it from so many. Oh, hey, can your daughter play with beauty? You know what? We're just going to get through the next four months and then there will be time. I'm like, (laughs) really? Wow. Wow. And then four months pass and then, oh, now we're in the summer. It's too full. And what's so fascinating, this is just to have a play date for my daughter, but I'm watching. I'm watching us. And I say us, even though I'm in that intentional inquiry for sure, or what they'll think, like you said in the beginning, or, okay, well, I said yes to this, I know. And then it's like, well, what are our values? Are your values to say yes all day long and drain yourself to a puddle on the floor? I guess really the book is about permission. It's also an invitation to, when we say nourishing our lives, I feel like We don't really even know what that means. Like it feels topical. Right. Do you know? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, should I get a drink at Erewhon and nourish my life? Like, you know. I also think, you know, the expression holding space. Yes. Overused and kind of loses its sparkle a little bit for me. There's been a lot of things that have been kind of overused. The new one, my new favorite, is people using the word presence sometimes a little flippantly, which as someone who does provide, I mean, my currency is loving, supportive presence right. for anyone that needs it while they're crossing that threshold of of motherhood and, and birth. I do think presence is literally the most important currency we have. And I'm happy to see people using that word, but I don't want to take away the, the sparkle of the meaning of the root of, of presence. Because you know, how can we be present if your daughter's friend's family is four months booked out, you know? Yeah. Like that's probably not going to work out. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's so fascinating also how like we got so used to life is full. Life is full. Life is busy. Life is stressful. These are all mm. things you're like, okay, sure. Me too. You know, and it's like, so it really requires pioneering. It does. And a lot of us really don't have the bandwidth. So it really has to be quiet and Mm. simple and modeled. And we can model that, like, not just in our careers, but in our everyday lives. And then there are women, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just so da-da-da. And I'll say, I totally know what you mean, and I don't live that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Or I'm really working on actually not living that way. Mm -hmm. Really? What do you do? Oh, let's, do you want to have a conversation? I would love to air it out with you. Because really, we're airing out so many things. We're airing out belonging to a freaking violent, crazy culture. You know, who are we if we leave that conversation? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Who are we? Who are we if we actually nourish our lives? If we actually listen and possibly cancel something, who are we? Mm. Right? Like, oh, I could never do that because they think, oh, I could never, because I mean, I just, like, so what's winning? Oh, okay, get on the headlamp, look under the hood. Okay, what is winning my day? My new, but old, but new, winning is living. Mm. 
I want to live well. And I'm scared. I would say most of the time I have this ongoing lineage of angst in my body that no matter how many healers, tools, da, 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 I am in an active practice with it. I watch it. Last night we were at this beautiful hotel. We were having this yummy food. It was so joyous. And in that moment, I could feel anxiety. Well, what if the food is it? And I'm just like, okay. I started tapping my chest in the lobby of this. <laughs> and my love looks at me. Are you okay? Yeah. Just moving this through, just like a wave of it came. I give it no attention other than to love it and move it. And then I was totally great. It's like, this is my life. It's not, oh, until when this ends. No, the world is in a state where I am absolutely going to be moving through a tremendous amount of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like, who am I to not move through it? Who am I to not feel it? I mm. feel it, even in beauty, even right here. I mean, I feel pretty great right now. And Your daughter's name is Beauty. Yes, my <laughs> daughter's name is Beauty. And my son is Ocean. And I love both of those things and people. <laughs> They're both medicines. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of beauty in the book. A lot of beauty is medicine. It's essential. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a breathing moment, beauty. That's what beauty is. It's a moment to breathe. It's a moment to have yourself reflected. I could go on and on about all the things. <laughs> no, I, I love it. You mentioned that you sometimes go into people's homes mm -hmm. and you do your own little kitchen healer work. Mm -hmm. What does that entail? What does that look like? I mean, I don't know if it's my own little kitchen healing work. I think it might be their own, <laughs> but I come in as a kitchen healer. So in the beginning of this work, I mainly did it in people's homes, and I gathered women here in my home in the kitchen. I'd move the table into essentially the oven and cook and read poetry and have music on, and we would cry and eat, and that was so not marketed at the time. There was no Brene Brown. There was nobody saying, yay, vulnerability and grief and shame. <laughs> nobody was saying that just yet, so I was really pioneering something that I could not explain. I can't tell you how many women were like, I know how to make lunch. I'm good. I don't need to come over and spend, I think it was like five cents. <laughs> so, okay, well, it's not that anymore, so love you. <laughs> right. I went on that journey too. To, oh, okay. I'm doing something pretty amazing. And oh, right. And I have things I actually have to pay for. Okay. Let me learn mm -hmm. about business, mm -hmm. intentional business inside pioneering exchange. something. Exchange. Yeah. So it began with these miracles that were in my home and it was a miracle if people could come. That name really does stand the test of time. It's still a miracle. This is a miracle, this moment right here. I still go into people's homes. Now it's a little more, you know, people, I will travel. I go to people like you do. I'll travel across the sea to go to people's homes and stay with them, learn about them and custom really blend teachings that really are about that rhythm in the day. So in the realms of the kitchen healing, there's a lot of like what a kitchen healer is in the book, but the idea of the kitchen healing, like what actually happens is really such a unique amalgamation of things. Because I can see from your kitchen who you are mm. and what's winning. I can see it by going in. Like, it's okay. This is what was modeled or this is how you've been shaped. This is how you're surviving. In my kitchen, it's the dirty dishes. <laughs> 
That's what's all winning. they want is a gorgeous bath. A gorgeous well, bubble bath. My partner Matt, that is his area of expertise. His talent is because we don't have a dishwasher. So so mm-hmm. Matt is is the kitchen healer dishwasher. I love Matt. That's hilarious. <laughs> I always say everybody wants a bath. I usually will draw a bath for my for my plates and bowls and things. And I'll take photos of it. There's a photo of it in the book. Um, oh, I love that. Permission all the time. I'm drawing a bath really for myself that I can't get into in the sink. But yeah, the kitchen healing is so many things. It's like a really what I invite us to in the book and of course in my work is creating a place to be, not so much a place to do. There's a really pretty broad conversation to be had in that for each person and how food and cooking and nourishment was modeled. Yes, at waking up, but also throughout the day or what you came home to. Were you a latchkey kid? Did you come home to kind of making yourself a grilled cheese or putting the tortellini in a boiling water pot? Or It's just whatever the story is, we stem from that. That was our foundation. So we grow from that. Mm. And then we have longing inside that. We have grief. Some of us don't know how to make rice. We don't know how to make a three-minute egg, even though it's in the title. Like, we don't know how to do the things. Like, do we boil the water first or do we do the thing? And we don't want to ask because that's shameful. Like, I should know how to make rice. Mm -hmm. But whatever the story is, so my work is really about that, that one of the parts of the work is like this idea of cooking. And you're not cooking because you don't know how to cook. Cooking because you didn't see it modeled. You don't know how to weave it into what you've already said yes to. You don't know how to weave it into a long day's work or work that you don't know when you're going to, when's this baby going to be born. So there's tools for that. And there's also permission for that. And there's loving kindness for that. And there's ways to nourish inside any schedule, any amount of kids, any marriage on a string, Mm. all of it. Or a marriage that's fucking founded and fantastic. (laughs) Are you open to sharing what your upbringing was around the kitchen and and what that experience was like for for you? Yeah. And I share this in the book too. It's like, I would say that my mornings uh, actually did start with listening, which is so fascinating because I didn't know that. But I was, I was listening to hear if the footsteps were angry or if they were light, Mm. what kind of music was being played? You know, my mom was a bit of an emotional DJ. (laughs) So I would know if it was Pavarotti or James Taylor, big difference. (laughs) So she would play music in the morning? Uh A lot of the time there was music. And then I would know whether it was safe or not. Mm. Because she had no tools, and so much pain. And there was so much beauty, Keely. I grew up in a really privileged way, and I lived in beautiful homes and abundance. Where did you grow up? I grew up in southern Florida. Mm. So it was either on the water, or there was a golf course, a lot of privilege. And then this, this very deeply scary experience of whether I was safe or not, or what it was like outside my door. And it wasn't every day. It wasn't, and yet it was, you know, it's like, I want to be the one to say, it's okay, everybody. (laughs) And it is okay, everybody. 
and it shaped me. Mm -hmm. And I am so grateful for my life. And the reason why I'm here is because of my mom Mm. and my dad, but really my mom. Mm. She's my greatest teacher. So much of my work is due to that shaping. And so always a warm meal in the morning. So even with that, not sure, is she okay this morning? Is she not? Is she upset? Is she da-da-da? Oh, are the pots and pans crashing or the da-da-da? And it's a hard job being a mom. It's hard being alone. My dad would be either off to rounds or usually early morning surgery. And so she was on her own. She didn't have tools. She had a lot of mental stuff going on. And she was also fantastic and fabulous and affectionate and loving and fun. She was everything. Mm. She was a phenomenal and continues to be teacher because she embodied everything. You could never just name it as one thing. And so with that, I am now a holder of space and in one-on-one sessions or in on retreat or in front of a large audience, I can feel the room in a way that is incredibly particular and specific and intuitive. And I'm going to get there before you do, because that was a part of my Mm. survival mechanism. And now with tools and a loving team and this quiet, how am I doing listening practice, (laughs) you know, it's not a perfect recipe, but it's definitely one in service. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing. Can you share a little bit about what your experience is like giving birth? Well, I gave birth with so much hope (laughs) before I gave birth. (laughs) I think that's good. I had so much hope and I was so scared. Again, a sentence I've said a few times and I I really, I I, I love naming it because it's so true. But I also, you know, I do think that being a little nervous going into a new experience is a healthy, beautiful thing to feel. I have a couple clients that are like, oh, I got this in the bag. This is going to be fine. This is going to be good. And I'm like, wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. I don't know. I just think nature, the universe, whoever it just all of them. Yeah. All of them (laughs) collectively are like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, <laughs> and maybe they are. Who, who knows? Yeah. You know? I'm always one to say, I've never done this before. Mm. I usually start a talk out like that because it really lays the land down. We've never done this before mm-hmm. on this day in this way, you know, and I think it's so important. My births were exactly what they needed to be. I had the whole thing. In the first one, I got the doula for my husband. I got the doula for me. I got the doula for the house. I had like 18 (laughs) doulas. (laughs) I totally wanted everyone to have support. I had a midwife or two, and I had the whole blow up pool and the thing and the thing and everything was just the, the, all of it, all of it was happening. And I ended up having a C section and he was a tricord baby and Many midwives will say, 
yeah, and it could have been loose, and it could have been that, 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 that. <laughs> my lineage, and of course, my most prominent, my dad and mom, they were both in the operating rooms in their fields. Mm. And so even though my longing and my hope was that, it made a lot of sense that I was in a hospital. Mm. I didn't want to be, but it's like, that was not up to me. Tell me more about that. It wasn't up to you. That was so- not up to me, obviously, because his heartbeat was going down as I was having Braxton Hicks. And it was so just how did obvious you- that like, we're not going to, I mean, it's the exact same story of the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, push through this for some vision of the unknown. Mm. You know, it's like, he's struggling. Okay. What's my value? Healthy baby. I'm not looking to run a marathon. I'm looking for a healthy baby. And I believe all the things out of the vaginal thing, the whole threshold. The, I mean, it was two seconds and I mourned that for months. Yeah. What did that it's look like or feel like for you? Yeah. And it's not looked at as birth so much or at that time. You know, now I think there's right. been more advocacy around it. This was. You mean having a cesarean birth? Ago. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just the idea of that, you know, I was all on board. Like I'm all about home birth, homeschool, home every, you know, I mean, let's do it. And then, you know, life. Life. Invites us, you know. Yeah. All the celery juice in the world. And then by left breast. I mean, like, you know, my whole life has been that. It's not so much, oh, we plan and God laughs, even though I think it's a fun statement and true. It's more, this is my intention. And now I'm going to relinquish control. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give myself over to the higher whole, the holy whole of what needs to be. And what needed to be is Ocean needed to come in that way. That's how he needed to come in. And I'm a vessel with intentions. And so he was nine pounds and I'm 10. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Tiny. I'm five feet tall and 10 pounds. Okay. Um, And so it was that. And it was many things. There are so many parts of the story that are God, higher power, profound miracles. Yes. Birth is not up to me. I, I am powerless and I am. In knowing I'm powerless, I am so powerful. <laughs> and it is such a true statement. It's an a- another active practice that is so quiet and mundane is knowing how powerless I am in the unknown. Mm-hmm. Birth is the deepest of unknowns. So is cancer. So is mortality. So is every day we wake up in the morning. And so that piece, it was like this was his journey. Ocean was coming in this way, whether I liked it or not. And he actually came to me in a dream and told me that he's not coming in the way that I want him to. Wow. While you were pregnant? Yeah. Two wow. days before he came. Wow. And I was never dilated. I did all the things I want, you know, doing all the things, wood toys, the whole thing. I got the <laughs> whole thing. I look like I'm just doula midwife, home birth, Waldorf, like I'm doing the whole thing. And I'm right there in the operating room. Because that's also where I come from. And yes, and mm. yes, and and then with beauty, I went for a V back. I had a whole new team. They were like, "We don't see why not." It wasn't like anything necessarily physical. And she was nine and a half pounds or a little more. <laughs> and she broke my water a very important day. 
And she meaning your daughter did? Yeah, okay. beauty broke my water. She was a little bit of a boxer in the womb. <laughs> Is she a boxer in life too? <laughs> yes. And 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 tended with some tools and consciousness. That's gonna be a freaking fierce lady in the world. <laughs> I love that. So and I get to hold that. Hello, team behind me. This is what I'm talking about, you know, filling the well before it you realize it's it's lace. It's a lace well and you need a different <laughs> fabric. So with beauty, I really wanted that V back. I wanted to have the experience of a I wouldn't call that necessarily a natural birth, I would say a vaginal birth. I wanted to experience that. And when she, when she broke my water, it was such a fascinating experience because A, there's no pads for that. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I don't know if that's changed after 13 years, <laughs> but the amount of water that comes out of you is kind of comical. Immense. Yeah. And so I just had like literally like people mopping behind me I, because I started to, of course, bake cookies for the nurses. That's what my doula told me to do. Oh While gosh. your water is broken, you're going to bake right now. And then you're going to walk a lot and then you're going to come back in and bake. And I'm like, okay. She, I was so grateful that somebody told me what to do. Mm. That was a holding for me. Tell me what to do. And so I did that. And then we were going to be at Cedars. So we needed to go across town we ate, of course, at Jerry's Deli. I was not hungry. <laughs> we were waiting because he gave me only 24 hours, right? And so I walked the hallways of this hotel that we could barely afford. It was like a whole thing happening all at once, of course. And that is what birth is. And just all the things, all the things with her coming in and no dilation. Hmm. No, the answer was no. Not, not that way. Yeah, she was like, sorry, mom. I have another idea. I have another idea. And I also, I have no desire to make such an effort, you guys. Okay. <laughs> I'd like my head to look the way it does right now. Thank you. And so both kids didn't want to have any manipulation with their bodies. <laughs> I went in that next morning and this doctor, he was everything. Mm. And he looked at me in the face and he said, you did it. You birthed this baby. And yeah. he put his forehead on my forehead. Oh, And I wept as they put the stuff in my tush and like, you know, numbed me out for another surgery because he wasn't going to let me go past 24 hours. And then when she came out, she had a full head of red hair. <laughs> and he said, you have a kindergartner. She's nine and a half pounds. She was not meant to come out of your vagina. He's like, I can't even tell you what that would have been. And of course, that was from the Western mindset. We all know how the body can change mm -hmm. and make room and do the thing. And that wasn't beauty's path. Yeah. And so I have multiple scars, not just now from that, but more of them from other journeys. So, so yes, yeah. you mentioned your journey with mm -hmm. the left breast. Yeah. And which is the mother breast, the Lunar, left yeah. side, yeah. So it's a scarred up gorgeous vessel that mm. I get to carry for sure. She's pretty phenomenal. Oh. Yeah. Was there anybody that held you in either of your birth experiences through the mourning of, and the grieving of wanting the birth to be a different way? It's, or did you hold yourself? I would say that probably both. And I find myself in experiences with life where 
I will experience something so deep like birth. And then I'll have the feelings and I'll say, where is the person for this? Like, I definitely am like, this is a job for someone. Like you're asking, like, was somebody there? And I had a phenomenal doula with both. Was it the same person? Yes. She taught me everything. She taught me how to bathe my baby. And I don't think that grief was, it was present. What won over it was the gratitude of wellness and health Mm. and also recovery. It's major surgery that everyone always says, oh my God, this is major surgery. Like as though we're surprised because no one's reflecting how major it is because it's 15 minutes. Right. And the emotional holding of it. I would say that I have had holders for that forever now, because really what ended up happening was that grief and sadness and all the emotions went into physical issues. Mm. So I had to go find the healers who could help me with my skin and other things that became chronic autoimmunity things that became chronic due to not having those births, not having that liquid come out of me, that that fluid come out of me, that all the things. I had skin issues come up because skin is separation. And so I think I'm forever going to be on the journey of that. And John O'Donohue talks about this, right? It's the worlds or the lives we that were unlived, mm. the unlived lives inside our lives. And I really feel that there's a tending to that. There's a tending to our unlived lives, really seeing them, loving them, grieving them, and moving forward in such deep, blessed gratitude as well. Again, we're in the yes and Mm. idea. Um, But I wanted to share those, those births and then the holders. Yeah, even in the journey with mortality, everything gets edited out. You're like, wait, are these the last months? Is this the last, wait, whoa, hold on. And a lot of people just keep moving forward. For me, I had a dear friend who is a singer and she's a phenomenal song artist. And I asked her to come over weekly and I started writing songs and singing with her and recording them. After when you found out you- As I was inside that journey, who Mm -hmm. knew? And she's become a song doula. Wow. We created a career. Because I'm like, this is so vital. Mm. All I can do is sing right now. Like, all I can do is this right now. Oh, I want to do that right now. Where's the person for that? Mm. And so when you share about who was holding you or the idea that what you wanted and what happened who held that space? Who was the grief holder in that time? You know, and it's like, yeah, I think I'm forever, I'm forever the grief holder. And whoever I bring in as a healer is that grief holder. Mm. You know, I feel like that is a forever conversation. Yeah. And as a kitchen healer, I am also a grief holder because we're grieving the stories that weren't modeled. We're grieving that we don't know how to nourish our lives or, oh my God, I really want space. I just want more time. But you keep saying yes to the 40 things in your schedule. 
Mm. There's so much grief in that. How do we not do that? So that's where I think coaches and doulas and life doulas, life midwives come in. Mm. You know, we're constantly birthing the mothers inside of us. Mm. Jules, thank you so much for being willing to share your deep, deep wisdom. I think what's so special is your ability to hold more than one truth Mm. and really speak to that. Because I think sometimes we all fall into this pattern of like, yes or no, right right or wrong. And there's just this infinite ray of color in between those extremes. You and know? they're not working. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really like, I'd be all about that. If it worked. If it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd love to be for one or the other, but life is not one or the other. Mm. It is such a layered cake mm-hmm. of beauty and drama and deep grief and joy. So what flavored layer cake is your life? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, is it a rainbow cake? What do I say? <laughs> is it a cupcake? Or am I throwing the whole cake idea out of the <laughs> I really do like cake and icing. <laughs> Yum. I really like buttercream room temperature yes. icing. It has to be room temperature. So good. Yes. I mean, it's so good. <laughs> well, well, thank you for sharing a slice of your amazing layer cake life yeah. with us. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share with friends and family and stay tuned for the next episode.